You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 37. We're talking to Megan Howard about pastors being a hat rack. Let's do it. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who admits to being Batman. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is Seth, your host, and I'm glad you're with me today. How's it going, everybody? So glad you could join me on the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. Today is episode 37, so you can find the show notes for today's episode at sethmuse.com slash 37. Simple as that. Go get those show notes. We got a couple of links in there, but mainly I want you to connect with our guest today, who is Megan Howard. She's in Ohio. She's an associate pastor at Fairborn United Methodist. And I've known Megan for a little while, only through the internet. So take that, everybody who says real relationships can't be formed on social media face. So we're going to talk with Megan a little bit about what it means to uh, recognize burnout. I know that a lot of pastors wear a ton of hats. And so uh, in the, in the opener, you know, I said something about pastors being a hat rack. Well, that's what it feels like sometimes. So if you're a pastor who feels like you wear multiple hats, and in fact, you're, you're, you're getting really burnt out. We're going to talk about some of the signs that Megan shares that are, are, are signs of burnout. Now she's going to share some of her personal story. And that's what I love about the next few guests that I have is we're really talking about their personal experience and, and the story of kind of how they got to where they are. And so you're going to hear a little bit of Megan's story and what she's gone through very recently in burnout, how she's recognized it, some of the things she's trying to do to get back on track, to refresh, and and a couple of ideas that you, you might in, take and, and apply to your life to help you with burnout if you're feeling the burn. So again, go get those show notes at sethmuse.com slash 37. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the seminary of hard knocks. Lots of great stuff going on over there. You can DM me and I will respond. I love reach, when people reach out on Instagram and talk to me there and uh, I'll share some interesting things there that I don't share anywhere else. So one more thing I wanted to tell you about before we get into the conversation is this free resource I have available called 88 ideas for church social media posts. I know that we're talking about burnout today. And so one of the things that tends to burn out church communicators is what do I post on social media? What do I put up? I've got 88 ideas for you. Now I say ideas because they're not like on Facebook, do this on Instagram, do this. And there's really like 20 Instagram ideas, 20 Twitter ideas, or and 40 a Facebook ideas or something like that. That's not what it is. It's just content ideas that you can kind of adapt and put on different platforms. And a lot of these ideas are actually generators of new ideas. So there'll be a question that give you a lot of content back from your, from your people that then you can turn into a different post if you wanted to. So these are really helpful ideas. And if you're stuck, you can pull this resource out and go, I can plan out this week and then I don't have to think about it. And I can come back later when I got some time to create my own content. This is really great for uh, those of you who are wearing multiple hats in churches. So check it out. You can get it at sethmuse.com. There'll be a sidebar, go to any of the blogs or the sidebar. You can fill out. There'll be a pop-up, fill that out. You just join my mailing list and I will send you one email a week with a link to the blog. It'll have a couple of news stories coming up that are really, and I'll put my own fun spin on them. And hopefully you will laugh when you, when you read these emails, because if you know anything about me, you know, I, I like to have a good time. It's good. I, I'm a, I'm good fun. So go check it out. Sethmuse.com. Get that resource and enjoy this conversation with Megan Howard right now. 
Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have uh, a special guest, Megan Howard. Megan, welcome back to the show. Or welcome to the show for the first Thank time. You. I've not been here yet. Yeah. <laughs> Never been here. And I've been after you to come on the show for a while. Right? We've talked about this a couple times. So I'm glad you finally got to be with us today. Good. I'm, I'm happy and honored that you asked. <laughs> well, uh, tell us who you are. Tell us about you and uh, your family and your church or whatever you want to share. Well, um, I'm Megan. As you have already said, uh, I have uh, two crazy kids uh, that keep me uh, running all over the place. Uh, their names are Claire and Jackson. They're six and eight years old. And I've been married to uh, John Howard for 12 years now. And he is a professional firefighter paramedic for the city of Fairborn, where we live. Um, so we're from Ohio, which is the heartland of America. Uh, good times over here in the Buckeye State. Um, and I've been at my church uh, here in Fairborn, Ohio, which is right outside of Dayton. Um, okay. If you're familiar with the Ohio area. And uh, I've been here for six years. I mean, technically, I'm the associate pastor, which kind of means I have an umbrella over lots of things. Um, when I first got here, they, they didn't really have a spot uh, for me. They just kind of brought me on um, to do pretty much whatever it is I found myself doing. And that kind of led me to, uh, I, lo- I wear lots of hats, it feels like, but I think that's, that's the role of an associate. Um, so yeah. I, I lead worship. Uh, pretty much on a weekly basis, um, unless I'm preaching. And if I, if I preach, uh, which is about once a month, uh, I don't need worship. Um, but I kind of have those two things. Um, and then I manage most of our digital content uh, from the website to all our social media channels. Um, if we have any videos, any uh, just kind of promotional things, advertising that we want done, uh, it usually goes through me. Uh, at some point to get those things out. Um, so, so how many, tell us a little bit about your church. How big is your church? How many people are we talking about here? Maybe a little population understanding of your city that you're in. And, uh, you know, how many on staff? So, so uh, Fairborn is about 35,000 people. So it's, it's not a small town, but it's not a big town either in comparison to um, probably where you're at uh, in, in Texas. Um, DFW, the city, <laughs> the city made up of cities. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So you're, you're a little bit bigger than 35,000 than I can imagine. <laughs> I think there's 35,000 people that live on my neighborhood block. <laughs> <laughs> so our, church, our church is about two to 250, uh, typically throughout the year, depending on time of year and who decides, you know, to come to come that Sunday. Um, we are actually the only, we're a United Methodist Church, um, and we're the only United Methodist Church in Fairborn. Um, so you know, people are looking for a Methodist church on this side. Uh, they find us pretty quickly, which is nice for uh, Google searches. Um, yeah. Work, works out really well. Uh, so that's that's kind of the gist of, uh, of the town. Um, we're actually a, we're a military town. We have uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, uh, which is actually less than a mile from our actual church building. Um, so we can, we see the airplanes coming and going, um, which makes the town um, very transient. So we'll get lots of people coming and going because they switch about every two to four years uh, within the military. Um, so we'll get a lot of great people here, and then they get uh, deployed or sent off to another, another Air Force base, um, and then they leave. So it's you know it's kind of a it's a positive and a negative because you get people that you really love uh, to be around and have good leadership qualities, and then you know they got to go. So it's sad to see them leave, but 
Yeah, I imagine that's really tough when you're you're planning out your teams and your volunteers and who can be on staff or who can come in and, and help you with things. And then you can start to count on them and then, Oh, sorry. got to go. Yep. Yeah. I, I, we've, we've learned the, that that's the nature of the game. So after six years of it, you kind of get, you kind of learn the ebb and flow. Um, but it's, it's still tough. Uh, so we currently have, um, I think five to eight on staff that are paid, technically paid. Um, and then we have a slew of volunteers that, that help us really keep everything going. Um, when you're a smaller church, I mean, you rely on, on volunteers uh, a lot. Not that bigger churches don't, but, um, you know, we, we rely heavily on volunteers to help help us uh, do our mission. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit. So you said about eight, eight staffers, and that's paid of some sort, yeah. you know, whether full-time or part-time. I know that uh, you've got you know, about 150 200 to 250 people or so that come on like strong days. So you've got, you've already mentioned a few things that you do. So let me see what I, what I've got here. Your associate pastor. So that means teaching sometimes yep. that leading worship, digital content. So that's social media channels, which are there are probably at least three, right? Instagram, social, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. Correct. Any of those you don't do? No, I do all of them. Well, well, I, I don't do currently our Instagram because we have a summer intern that is working on that one. Oh, cool. So that's, so that's good. It's a little bit of pressure off. And then you've, yeah. got, you've also got the website, which I can tell you, I'm not a web person. And I have a lot of web responsibilities and yeah, that can be a beating. Um, so you've got, you've got all that in addition to, you know, wife, mother, all that good stuff at home. And then you have a transient nature. So I can imagine that when you you start to look at all that, there's this feeling of just uh, sometimes where you look at it and go, man, there's so much to do. Is yeah. is that true? Absolutely. And, you know, we are I guess I'm a person that likes to to keep to keep moving. You know, so there's I teach cycling at the YMCA um, and there's two or three other organizations that, you know, I manage their social content for, um, right. The, the fire department, right. The fire department. And then there's a local, um, rotary club in town that has uh, kind of a niche thing that they do that I, I manage their stuff. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot and there are some days I wake up and I'm like, my heavens, I don't know how I'm going to get everything done that I need to get done. Yeah. Um, and for the past three months, four months, uh, I've been training to run an, uh, a marathon, in September. Oh, so cool. Uh, yeah, sure. Sounds cool. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to do one. My wife just did a half, and I was like, that looks like no fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> but she's, I mean, proud of her for doing it, and that's so cool if people can do it. But, man, I am I'm about 60 to 70 pounds away from being able to do that. <laughs> Not happening. It, it sounded like a great idea on paper. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but when you lump all the, you know, kind of other responsibilities I have and then, you know, currently it's how am I going to fit a two to three hour run in somewhere? It's, you know, it, it gets it gets to be a lot. And so it's just trying to find those things in life to help balance and help manage yeah. um, just the schedule. But, and I'm not the only one. You know, there's a lot of people like me that have a lot of hats, a lot of responsibilities. Um, yeah. And, and I'll be honest, it, as we're getting into kind of what we were going to talk about here is the, the idea of burnout 
and yeah. specifically church communications, but you know, pastors in general, because you, you wear multiple hats and a lot of people do that who are involved in communications. There's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of people I think that think because a church is a certain size that that might go away. And, and if, if it was smaller, like I wouldn't have this, or if I, if it was, or it was bigger and I had more volunteers then it wouldn't be this way. Do you find that to be true? Um, I think that's the myth that, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're at a small church, you think that big church people, uh, they have no burnout problems. And if you're at, at a larger church, uh, I think there's this assumption that, you know, you only have, you know, 20 people at your church. How could you possibly get burned out? Yeah. Um, there's nothing to do, know, right? Before I was at so this church, I was the senior pastor of another church and we had, you know, 80 to a hundred people. Um, and it was a much smaller community, but there was still places that if I didn't guard my time, it would have been very easy for me as the solo pastor. I had a secretary, um, you know, it would have been very easy for me to get burned out if I hadn't really watched and managed things well. So I, big or small, you know, medium, it, it doesn't matter. Um, if you, if you don't manage your time and if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to be subject to burnout just like anybody else. Yeah. And I want to talk about that in your, in your own experience. Like there was probably a time when you felt, and, and in my, maybe, maybe recently where you feel like, man, I'm just, I'm so burned out. Can you talk about that? And maybe even tell us a little bit about some of those signs that you started to see that might've should have been flags or whatever for you. Yeah, we had, uh, 2017 has been a, it's been a little rough year, uh, for us here in Fairborn. Um, just, outside influences have, have kind of hit here at the church. And, um, I had been coaching, I've coached softball the last couple of years. And when softball season came around this year, um, I was starting to, to kind of get that feeling of, I don't have enough time in my life. You know, there's, there's not, there's not enough hours in my day. There's not enough uh, moments of, you know, easing up that it's going to happen if I had this in my plate this year. Um, and I've played softball since I was a kid. I've played it in college. Uh, I've coached and it is one of the greatest things in my life. And I had to step back and say, if I do this, I'm already feeling burned out. And if I do this, it's going to kind of put me over the top. And, uh, so I made a tough decision that I wasn't going to coach and to tell a group of high school girls that you've been around for the last three years that you can't do this anymore. Um, it was tough. Uh, but when I looked at the rest of my schedule, I knew that just from some of the stresses at the church, that if I added one more thing, uh, I might not have any hair left. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I have to, you have to make that sacrifice. And, you know, I, I knew that, I knew that things were starting to, to wear on me when, you know, I came home exhausted. I, I almost dreaded, you know, coming to the church at times, you know, I just felt very negative, um, and there were just—I didn't feel excited to be here, and I didn't enjoy what I was doing. It felt like a job. It didn't feel like a calling. It didn't feel like, man, this is what I get to do. How awesome is this? Yeah. Uh, and and I think, you know, to be able to sense that and to be able to see those things and to recognize that I'm not exhausted because I'm doing a lot. I'm exhausted because you know, this, this is a sign of burnout. 
Um, and I needed to take a step back and, uh, you know, I, I write for a couple other blog for a couple other organizations and, um, you know, church mag was one of them. And I, I was very open and honest. And I said, look, we are going through a ton of stuff. Um, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity, but I can't do this right now. Um, and, you know, so it's just that ability to, to look at the priorities and say what is most important so that I can remain healthy. Um, and sometimes it just takes letting things go. Uh, yeah. And I think, I, I think what you just touched on there is not necessarily inherent in a lot of church organization. It's, it's the prioritizing of things. And, yeah. and that seems to be what you're kind of getting at that gets away from you. And you looked at your own life and go, well, I've got to decide on some priorities because this just isn't possible for everything to be as important as it has been. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, those are hard decisions, you know, and, you know, I told the, I told my girls, I said, they're like, are you sure you can't coach us? And I'm like, sometimes you have to make adult decisions. Uh, There, there are certain things that when you, when you get to a point in life, when you've got a family, you've got, you know, outside job responsibilities that, have to make this decision. You know, I don't, I don't like it, but you know, it is for the best. And, um, it, it took me a while and, and I'm still not, I mean, I'm not going to tell you I'm the greatest at prioritizing my time cause I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have gotten better, uh, because I've been through that, that burnout feeling and I don't like it. Um, and so it's, for me, it's, you know, knowing what my day's going to look like, knowing what my week's going to look like. Um, and because of what John does, my husband, you know, his schedule very rarely changes. Every three days he goes to work for 24 hours. And, you know, I've got to, I've got to make sure that I know what I'm doing, you know, especially if I know my kids need to be somewhere, you know, for that 24 hour period. Um, you know, so it, it really has become kind of a method that, that it used to be, I had to write it down and now it's just, you know, it's kind of one of those natural things that happens, but, um, I don't think it's inherent for a lot of us. And it, I don't think it's inherent for me. Um, it's, it's a learned task, but it's an important task that, that I think a lot of us need to learn. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't think it's inherent for really any of us. I think yeah. there are people that, that say it is, and I don't think they're really being honest. Because I feel like I, I've, I've gone and seen behind the scenes of a lot of places that are, I mean, you see them at the conference, you see them on TV, you see them on, you know, on, the, on the internet, and it just looks so polished, you know, like they've yep. got it together. And they don't. That's the thing is that as Christians, if we're not able to really be honest about kind of our struggle, like I'm being, I'm feeling burned out. I feel like this is, I don't like this anymore. You know, we can't just be honest. I think we kind of do everybody else around us that's watching a disservice. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll be the first to admit, I do not have it all together. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with you. I don't either. I am flying by the seat of my pants most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out what's next and react right correctly. Well, th- so so that feeling of general negativity is is another sign is is a sign of burnout for you. What else did you see that kind of made you go I might be burned out right now? Just just being tired. I mean, yeah. Again, when I want to sleep more than I want to be awake, um that that to me was a bigger a biggest sign of it for me. Um I mean, I'm usually exhausted in a good way. But when I, I got to the point where I just didn't want to go into work, mm-hmm. that was, that was a big one. 
Uh, and when I was, you know, losing sleep because I was worried about stuff that was happening here and, um, you know, just stuff that wasn't typical of how I'd been feeling the last, you know, the, the previous you know, six to eight months, um, you know, those were kind of triggers for me to say, you know, something, something's off and let's figure out what it is. Yeah. So, so you saw these signs and you kind of felt like, okay, I know how I feel, but this is like, I know this isn't where I need to stay. Right. So what are some things you either did or are doing, or it would encourage others to do if they find themselves in that kind of, that kind of burnout state Um, to get back on track, you know, to like to get out of it, to kind of refresh. Yeah. So one of the things that, that really helped me, um, I know it's, it might sound churchy, but you know, I really just started to pray and uh, read my Bible, um, you know, and just let God influence me in the way that, that I needed it. Um, you know, cause I was, it just felt like I was letting all the negative stuff from, uh, outside church influences, you know, kind of eat at me and, and let, let dictate, you know, what my thoughts were going to be. You know, those moments when I just began to pray, you know, Lord, I know this is what's happening. Help me uh, not focus on um, all the negative emotions that I have and help me, help me to just let things go that are outside of my control. Um, you know, cause I think so often we, we want the control. Yeah. Uh, you know, we want to hold on to it. And there's a lot of stuff that, that has happened within the last you know, a couple months that is completely outside of my control. I mean, it has really nothing to do with me. Um, but I began to take it on and, you know, I said, look, this is, I just need to let it go and I need to let feelings go. I need to let uh, certain negative emotions go. And as I began to walk through those prayers and walk through those scriptures, um, it, it was almost as if some of that weight was lifted off. Um, and I, I really made sure that uh, I tried to take days off. You know, we don't take days off. Yeah. Well, we, we can't, right? That's that's always the response. Like, I can't. Right. right. I'm too important. I, I can't take a day off. <laughs> yes, <this>. exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just don't, that's not right. That's not true. Uh, you know, and, and so I began to do things that weren't associated with church. I, I had fun. I played with my kids, you know, and, and just tried to to get away in a healthy manner, um, to try to just let that negative junk out of my life. Um, and, you know, slowly, I mean, contrary to popular conversations with my energy level currently because of the marathon training, um, (laughs) you know, I have overcome that, you know, I, um, there's still days when it creeps back in, but, um, you know, just being able to, to know what the signs are, there's those triggers, those emotional, you know, pieces of it, uh, I think are, are helpful. Um, we were going through a book. There's a, a great book, um, by Pete Cesaro, I think it's Cesaro. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And, uh, I'm reading it right now. We're walking through it as a staff, um, and just being able to identify those, those pieces and parts of who we are emotionally and how that connects to our, our spiritual life. Uh, has been incredible. And that has helped multiple uh, of us here on staff, 
you know, just work through just some of our uh, yuck that we've been dealing with this year. Um, I highly recommend that book. Um, and it, it is wonderful. Um, cool. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes so we can get link to it. Um, and you're talking about control. Uh, this is kind of off topic, but I, I keep thinking about this. There was a moment in my life where I realized that truth. Now I don't always live it, but there's things that I cannot control or can't do anything about. And it came with fatherhood. So I, mm-hmm. I'm, I have my daughter who's going to kill me for telling the story, but I don't care. Here we go. <laughs> um, I have her there on the changing table, right. And changing the diaper when she's little and she had made number two. And so when, when I went to change the diaper, I moved the diaper and she did something like it stuck to her and I wasn't ready for it when I pulled it away or something. But, uh, the number two went out of the diaper and started to fall. And I instinctively, for some reason, just reached out and caught it with my bare hand. And there's that (laughs) moment, (laughs) there's that moment where I'm looking at this poop in my hand going, well, it's done now. There's nothing I can do except finish. Yeah. And so I literally just put it back in the diaper, finished changing her with one hand that was clean and, and went on. And I was like, yep, going to go watch that later. So I washed my hand. But it was such a moment of like, there is nothing I can do. I am literally holding poop in my hand. And that that's happened already. You know, so. <laughs> It's one of those things I always think about, and it's so gross. I'm sorry, everybody. It's so gross. But it's what I think about whenever someone talks about control, because sometimes things just happen, and you are left there holding poop in your hand. And there's nothing you can do about it, except put the poop down and go clean up. You know, So I think a lot of times we think we can control things that we just can't. And you know, it takes a moment like that to remind us that God is the only one who really is in control. Now, why he was he fit to let me hold poop, I don't know. <laughs> so that you could bring it up in this moment. So that right? I could talk about poop on a podcast. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's there's another side to the control we have. Um, because there was, there was a moment, and I don't remember when it was this past year, that it clicked in my head uh, that I can't do it all. And I don't, I don't need to yeah. do it all. And, you know, I think... And it's not just unique to church communicators and, and people who are in this uh, in this kind of description of of responsibility, you know. But we we are fearful of letting other people do something because you know they're not going to do it the way that we would do it. Yeah, we do it best. That's really um, it. And you know, or you know, they're going to use the wrong font. They're going to say the wrong thing. They're they're going to uh, put in an image that doesn't you know, look like it or, or heaven forbid they use, you know, clip art and, mm-hmm. uh, comic sounds and papyrus, you know, or whatever, you know, we always complain about as, as creative people. Yeah. Uh, so there was this moment that I was so overwhelmed. I'm like, I have, I have blogs that need written. I have, uh, sermons that need prepared for, I have music I have to write, uh, or choose for yeah. worship. You know, I have stuff I need. Uh, schedule, you know, all these things just kept mounting. And, and, and I thought, why do I have to do it all? You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy doing all those things, but I don't need to do it, you know? And, and it, it was that moment of letting others have control of stuff that I've been doing, which was, was part of that domino effect for me to really deal with my burnout. I sent out an email and I, I put, you know, a 
volunteer form together and said, here are five areas that we are looking for help within our digital communications. Who is willing to do it? Um, and we had people respond. I, I went and asked people that I knew were gifted at certain things, hey, would you be willing to, to help and write with this and, and join our team? Uh, and they were honored to do so. And so I think that we can avoid some of our burnout by just taking things off our plate and letting other people uh, have it. And, you know, there are, there are two people that they are now kind of volunteering for me that they, they remind me of how honored they feel that, that they're now, A, being, being used and their gifts that God has given them are being used in this capacity. Um, but, you know, that they never expected to be able to do this kind of stuff at a church. And cool. We give opportunities to people when we are willing to, to let stuff go. Um, yeah. And that's, for me, that was huge. I think, I think that's a, an awesome insight that when you actually control things, what you're really doing is you're denying someone else their ministry in the church. Right. And yeah. it's like, because I have to do it. And, and I, what I was going to ask you is kind of what you answered is when you looked around, you, you said... Did you ever do you ever kind of say I don't have enough help? Kind of that feeling, and then only to ask and then have plenty of help. Yeah, yeah. I had I had ten people. For, <laughs> wow. And, you know, church our size, I had ten people. Uh, you know, say hey, I'm willing to help you, and uh, I, I was fearful I wouldn't get any, let alone ten. Um, yeah. So kind of cool. And when you did, you obviously, you, I guess, you went through and like, what can you do? Can you even do this? You know, that kind of thing, and then got the help you needed. And then I was overwhelmed because I'm like, holy cow, now I had to find something for these 10 people to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'd rather be in that position. I don't know about you. Like, I have all, right. these, I have all these volunteers. I need to give them something to do. It was a positive, overwhelming moment. So I was, I gladly accepted it. That's awesome. So in other words, for, for getting out, you know, maybe just accepting the fact you can't control things. Maybe looking around and, and realizing you do have some help, you just have to ask. Yeah. And... Speaking of, of, of putting people around you, have you found a community that might, you, you know, that you can connect with that might encourage you or, you know, helps you get out of that? Yeah. So the first year uh, that I went to that church conference, so <laughs> there's a funny story about that. So I just graduated with my doctor in ministry and I, I did my doctorate in the area of digital and social uh, media communications. Um, and I gotta be honest, I felt like I knew it all. Hmm. And so I actually went to the conference, uh, with this unknown challenge to them, uh, of teach me something. See, see, let's see how good you are. Cause I know how good I am. <laughs> um, and I was blown away because up until that point, this was in 2014 or 15, you know, I've been doing this thing for at least four or five years at the time. Um, you know, there was nobody that I knew who was doing church communications like this. Yeah. And, you know, so to see a tweet come through about a church communications conference. Oh, yeah. Are there enough oh, of us to warrant? About. Are there enough of us to warrant a conference? <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I thought. No clue. Uh, and so I went, I went there with this, you know, cocky attitude of, let's see what you can teach me. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I was humbled, I think, within the first hour of, hey, dummy, you don't know it all. Like, listen to what they're telling you. Um, yeah. And it was just nice to be in a space where everybody was speaking the same language. Um, and 
I'm forever grateful for that opportunity to, to go and that, that Justin and Van and, and those guys have, have done uh, for church communicators. Um, because from that conference, uh, uh, Katie and Daryl were able to start, you know, the uh, church communications Facebook group. And, you right. know, what an incredible resource for people. And there's good grief, over 8,000 plus people in there. Actually, I, I didn't know there were that many church communication people in general. Actually, that uh, group, you know, let alone that many. And actually, that know, group so hit uh, to find ten, those online communities uh, has been a huge, huge help. Yeah. Actually, that group hit 10,000 this week. Did it really? Yeah. That's crazy. 10,000 people in that group, which is like, now we're at the point where like, Okay, guys, this is getting a little insane. <laughs> yeah. This is getting a little crazy. Are there really that many? Because I know that, but the thing is, what we don't take into consideration is like you, there are many people who wear multiple hats and communications is one of them. Yep. So you got pastors and worship leaders and youth pastors and children's ministers and education directors and all kinds of people in there that uh, also do communications. So yep. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, getting into that group and then finding the conference, I mean, I've found my people. And yeah. gosh, having, having people that I can go to and say, Hey, um, here's what I'm dealing with. What do you think that know, you know, people that like know what they're talking about in that group, you know, some, <laughs> so some know what they're talking about in that group. Most know what they're talking about in that group. No, so, sure. it, well, you know, and you and I have never met in person, but you know, we've met through those spaces. Yep. And so I just, and that's a whole different conversation too, but just the the relationships that you can form mm-hmm. in those online communities uh, for me is incredible. Um, you know, it's it's like when you when we go to the conferences now, it's like a family reunion at times. It really is. Yeah, and that's yeah. I, I get to go this year. I, I didn't get to go last the last this will be my first one, so I'm actually going this this uh, September. Yeah, and, it's a good time. See you there then. Yeah, you're gonna be there too. Absolutely. Are you teaching this year? Nope. No, you're going to be there and in yep. attendance. Yep. Cool. Well, I will too. And we definitely got to hang out. Yeah. So I think a community is really important. So if you're a person that's in burnout, I mean, we've all been there. You're not alone. You know, you got to find people that do what you do that can recharge and encourage you. Because just seeing what other people are doing that are knocking it out of the park or struggling just like you are yeah. is super helpful and encouraging. Yeah. I found a lot of great friends through there too. I, I feel like I've got a lot, all my best friends are live in other cities. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, I have good friends here too, but like some of, of my people, my best friends that I really enjoy hanging out with most are Atlanta and, you know, North Carolina and Oklahoma, you know, like places I don't ever go. So, all right. Well, Megan, I, I, I really appreciate your candor and No, I, I appreciate the conversation because I don't, you know, I don't think we talk about this enough, especially within church communications. True. Uh, you know, we just, we kind of assume that because we're people that live online that, that we don't ever need to take a break. And that's, that's not true. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so, or that we can't get burned out because I think we can, um, you know, because one of the, the myths and the falsities, in my opinion, is, you know, we feel like we can never be offline. Because we always have to be online. Right. Uh, 
And so it's very easy to get burned out within this capacity because we're always on and we've got to figure out how to, how to turn it off. Exactly. And, and, and it's kind of like for me too, what it looks like is I work all day for the church and I'm online for the church. And when I'm done at work, I come home and I'm online for me, you know, I'm on my own stuff. So I'm technically never offline and you can find yourself in that rhythm pretty quick if you're not careful and then things are happening around you with your kids, your family, your friends, whatever, and you're missing it, just missing yeah. everything. Well, tell us where we can connect with you online when we are not taking that bunch needed break and <laughs> uh, find you and connect with you and kind of gather insights from your wisdoms. Uh, so everywhere on social, I am at Rev Howard 18. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and then I blog for that CC. So I'm, I'm on there. I have my own blog site, but it's not been updated in forever. Cause I keep blogging for everybody else, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that one's revhoward18.com. Awesome. I love your, I love your, your branding. Rev, yeah. Rev Howard. That's it's real. Cool. <laughs> so 18, my, uh, this is a super secret. 18 was actually not really. Um, 18 was my number when I played softball. So well, it's not secret anymore. There are going to be tens of tens of people that are going to hear that on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> on this podcast. I think we have a few more. I don't know how many more, though. I, I, just, I kind of have stopped, I've stopped checking. <laughs> I really stopped checking to see where we are. Well, thank you so much for everything and, and being on the show and talking with me. I really appreciate it. No, I, I appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate what you're doing for uh, communications and, and the church in general. Well, thanks. I appreciate so keep that. Keep it up. I will. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here. Check us out next in two weeks. We'll be back uh, with, uh, you know, some conversation about something. That was uh, that was me. And then that was Megan. So we'll see you later. Bye.